0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mad Up Ministry Podcast. Um, I'm your
1: host, Jordan Norris. Hey, guys. uh, I'm your side host, uh, Devin Mulligan. So glad you guys could join us. And welcome back to another fun episode.
0: So today we are going to be talking about David and Goliath and the fight. But if you want to hear about David's upbringing and from the time he became anointed to be king and until the point where he goes to fight Goliath, which is a lot more happens there than you think. So go check out our last podcast.
1: Yeah, check it out. Uh, It's called David the Boy, and you should be able to find it um, iTunes, Spotify, um, or on our website. So check it out. It's pretty interesting. There's a lot of kind of skipped over details that, um, you know, maybe some people missed.
0: So before we get rolling into this actual fight, um, we're going to talk about who Goliath was and why he is such a big figure and such an intimidating guy in battle? Yeah, you know, giant,
1: uh, <laughs> not giant, Goliath. Uh, he he's probably the most well-known giant um, from the Bible, but um, giants were not as uncommon as maybe some people perceive them to be. Um, giants actually date back to the beginning, you know, the beginning of time. Um, They're first talked about actually in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And, um, you know, originally um, they kind of split it up kind of pre-flood and post-flood as far as the perception of giants. And so pre-flood, before the great flood with Noah and the ark and all the animals, you know, and the rainbow and all that cute stuff, um, giants were, were kind of seen as a positive figure. They were often, you know, considered to be heroes and just, you know, good people, um, especially to the to the non-Hebrew population. Um, and you know, and as many know, you know, kind of the non-Hebrew population had their versions of their own gods. And I would uh, I would not be shocked if maybe some of these giants um, were considered godlike figures. You know, I think about you know, a lot of the fairy tales we heard as, as a kid, you know, Hercules and, um, Perseus and, you know, all those type of people, they were, it wouldn't shock me if they were kind of in that giant category. And that's where a lot of their stories and the fables that we hear come from are these, these mighty people. Um, yeah. And when we talk about giants, we're not talking
0: about like, cause I know a lot of you are like, Oh, you're, crazy for talking about giants or thinking they're real. We don't mean like the freaking thirty hundred foot giants, you know, at the top of a beanstalk and stuff. We're talking about like a race of men that were just bigger than everybody else. Anyway like eight to fifteen feet tall, just you know, huge, strong in stature. You know, I just picture these guys being like
1: five hundred pounds of muscle, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean even even in today's world we have Individuals that you know, and now we've you know, through modern science and stuff like that, we've been able to kind of ping, pinpoint what kind of makes these people big. Um, but that hasn't changed throughout time. Um, and so, yeah, so originally, I mean, giants were perceived as good, um, heroes. Um, and then it kind of came the great flood and something shifted, something changed, and especially. Um, in the, in the Hebrew population's point of view, giants kind of became, um, a little, a little more negatively viewed. Um, they remain present in scripture, but their, their good reputation, um, kind of went away in the eyes of the Hebrews. Um, and so they often tended to be seen as the enemy, um, often fighting in armies, um, and kind of just. Yeah, they were more so kind of the big bad warriors versus the strong heroics. Um, so, like I said, Goliath is probably the most well-known giant in Scripture, um, and he he was described as a champion. Uh, he came out of the camp of the Philistines, and that um, who who the who they were going to fight the Philistines um, that day in our story that we're going to get into here shortly, but. Giants, um, especially Goliath they they uh, he measured six cubics and a span, which you know a lot of people um, measured cubics differently back in that day, and so we can't uh, pinpoint down exactly how tall Goliath was, but uh, our best guess, our best kind of reasonable guess is that he stood between any anywhere between nine and a half and 11 and a half feet tall.
0: Yes. I mean, even if you just take the middle at 10 and a half feet, I mean, you got to think 10 and a half foot tall guy who is like just jacked and has a spear. That's like probably 50 pounds that
1: he chucks at people. So this guy's probably 500 pounds of solid muscle. Yeah. Even, even in the scriptures, they talk about, I mean, they make it a point to talk about that. He was big enough and strong enough to carry the weight of his armor he um the just the the shield that he brought to battles the uh he had a shield bearer some one guy was tasked with carrying his shield because it was so heavy yeah and on top of that it's not even just about him
0: wearing being able to wear this stuff but he is able to wear that stuff in battle yeah so running around you know using a sword Using his spear
1: and shield and moving perfectly fine. Yeah, it's just nuts. So that's kind of just a little history on on giants in in the Bible and kind of who Goliath was. And just maybe, hopefully it puts it in a little better perspective on how big uh, this enemy that David is about to face is. Yeah. And if any of you have seen Game of Thrones
0: or follow like anyone who's in like the strongest man in the world, that guy, the mountain in Game of Thrones, who is like six, eight and like 300, upper 300 pounds or something. Strongest man in the world. So picture Goliath like that, but way bigger, but 10 and a half feet
1: tall, (laughs) Yeah, not six, eight. No, (laughs) definitely someone (laughs) you would look up to. So now
0: let's talk about how this was such an underdog fight. I mean, title of today's episode is David the Underdog. And it's crazy because even like modern day sports right now, if you have a team that's way better than the other team going into a big game, they talk about David and Goliath. You know, this is like the most known fight in the Bible. And I mean, even if you talk about people who don't, they aren't Christians at all. Don't believe in the Bible at all. I mean, 90% of them will still know David and Goliath. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little little setup to this situation is uh, we got the Philistines and the Israelites going to war. And if you've seen Troy, um, just kind of picture the beginning of that movie. So you got Israelites on one side, and then you have the Philistines on the other side. And in the middle is a big field that they're going to go to battle with. So if you think about the opening scene of Troy where uh, Brad Pitt comes in, you know, and he's fighting that big giant dude and the guy's calling out and they're fighting because whoever wins out of the champions, that is just going to be the winning side. No one has to go to war. Thousands don't have to die. It's just a one-on-one fight. And whoever wins that one-on-one fight, that side
1: wins the war. And I'd have to, I'd have to think that the Philistines are feeling pretty confident that they, I mean, they got a ten foot tall, massive individual who's probably won several several battles already for them. They're like, "Yeah, let's do it that way," because you know there's probably not a shadow of a doubt in their mind that they're going to win. I mean, what Israelite is going to stand up to this this beast? Yeah, exactly.
0: And it's, I mean, it's just like again the opening scene of Troy, like the enemy army you know calls out their big giant guy and they're just laughing because they know he's gonna win so that's what the philistines were doing like they had goliath they'll der- and just laughing because they know no one's gonna beat him you know and then you got uh brad Pitt comes out and runs at him and stabs him once in the head and then they're in the back <laughs> and that's it you know yeah. lights out um, and that's kind of, that's what this was, you know, we had a standoff field in the middle and then Goliath comes out. They say that, you know, if you have a champion, have him come out and whoever wins that fight will win the war. And, uh, so Goliath
1: comes out for 40 days straight. Forty, It's insane. 40 days. He comes out and just talks mad shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talks mad, mad shit on the, on the Israel lights talks about,
0: you know, disgracing their God. Like, just, I mean, anything he can say to piss them off, to try to yeah. get one of them to come out and fight him. Because, and the way I see it is they tried so hard to get Goliath to fight because they thought they might lose that war in general. Right. You know, so they, they wanted to fight. And every day they went out. So, I think this part's kind of funny, too. is like, every day he goes out to challenge them. And every day, no one takes him up on the challenge. So you got these two armies, you know, that are <laughs> just sitting, just just sitting there for forty days, chilling, yeah. doing nothing. And uh, then you got King Saul, you know, King of the Israelites, who just you f- you figured the king would at least go out and try. Well, you know, I mean, it's of his, his duty. Will. It's his duty.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: lead your people, dude. Yeah. But no,
1: he's scared. He's scared. He, he, he just hides in his tent. Well, I mean, if you, if you listen to the last episode, you know, David, the boy, I mean, we talk about Saul was, Saul was losing his step. You know, he, he knows that, that he's no longer, you know, anointed to be King and he knows he's going to be replaced. And so I don't know if I was Saul, I'd be like, Hmm, this is a pretty good circumstance, you know, kind of built up here to where I might get taken out. Yeah. Yeah. I guess
0: I never thought about that. I mean, he's probably sitting back there. Like if I go out there, this is where God's going to strike me down and someone's going to replace me. Exactly. (laughs) Which just speaks to his character. I mean, coward. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He doesn't have God backing him up anymore. So he's too scared to fight anybody. Right. So then you have, and David, we touched on the last episode had, Was it seven? Seven brothers and sisters, right? Seven brothers.
1: Seven brothers, yeah. He was was number eight.
0: Yep, he was number eight. So David has brothers that are fighting in this war.
1: Yeah, like we talked about last episode. I mean, they were, you know, before he was anointed, they were clearly the choice because they were, you know, the choice to be king anyways because they were were strapping guys. I mean, they were built guys. They were the warrior type, so it, it only makes sense that they were there you know, on the battlefield.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but David's, David's dad tells him to go bring, um, bread, cheese and stuff, you know, go bring stuff to his brothers. So you got little David, the youngest of eight who, you know, I don't picture him as a big, strong dude yet. No, because I mean, again, he was the last choice for his dad to be anointed King and his brothers were the big strapping warriors. So he comes up to give his, Brothers, some food and here's this big giant talking crap
1: yeah yeah david wasn't coming to look for a fight david was just following orders bringing his brother's food bringing them you know water whatever and he just happened to stumble upon you know this this 10 foot giant talking smack about his his people and his god yeah and And it kind of, it pissed him off, you know, (laughs) David got pissed at
0: Goliath, but then he starts, you know, asking the, asking his brothers, asking every person he sees in camp, basically like, why why aren't you going out and shutting him up? You know, disgracing our God. He's disgracing our people. Why aren't you going out and fighting him? So David gets ticked at Goliath, but I think David was more mad at the people not coming up to step up for their God and for their country.
1: Maybe he wasn't mad. He was just disappointed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but then David starts asking around, you know, like what, what is, what would I get if I killed this giant? Yeah. And uh, so he asked, I think he has three times, three different times. He asked and his brothers are basically just telling him to shut up. Like making him feel stupid because he's little tiny David, you know,
1: give me my cheese and go back to your sheep, dude. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Get out of here. You're embarrassing us. Yep. Dad's going to get so mad if we get you killed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, his dad probably wouldn't
0: have cared. Right. Better him than his favorite sons. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, so David starts asking around and, and uh what he find? I mean, he finally gets to Saul. Yeah. I think
0: he, he ends up talking to like the captain there. And then the captain brings him to Saul. And then David basically tells Saul that he's going to go do this. He's going to go fight.
1: Yeah. Asking and, is more of a courtesy at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to go do this, whether you say yes or not. So you might as well just support me here. Right. Which I think, too, I mean, you. so he goes into the tent with, you know, King Saul and all of his, like, you know, advisors and stuff in this war. And I just, I picture them all sitting, you know, sitting around a table trying to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, once they, once the Philistines quit offering to fight Goliath, like, okay, how are we going to win this war then? Yeah. Right. You got little tiny David coming (laughs) in and being like, I'm going to go fight Goliath. And (laughs) if my little ass loses, we lose the war, you know? (laughs) Right. Exactly. But, uh,
1: I, I can imagine there was some laughter inside that tent when David oh yeah. walked in. It was like, "Yeah, I got this, bro." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, Tiny Tim. <laughs> right,
0: exactly. You know, and but again, it just shows how scared King Saul was. Oh yeah, because he's like, "Yeah, okay, okay." You know, eventually he's like, "Yep, go ahead, go ahead, little man." Like, we don't want to fight him on the battlefield either, so
1: we'll just yeah. we'll just let you have your shot. We'll just yeah, just try. And then, you know, and, and Saul even even offers, his, you know, his his armor. You know, he's like, here, put this armor on, you know, at least maybe you'll last longer than two minutes if you got some, some shields or something, you know. Yeah, and then uh, David tells him no. <laughs> David says no because David wants to
0: be able to move quick, be able to see good. And uh, so da- David
1: says no. Yeah, David which actually which actually, I mean, speaks to a a little bit of of David's kind of strategy. I mean, he's got to know that, you know, giants, yes, they're big and strong, but the bigger you are, kind of the slower you move. So David's agility and speed is going to help him here more than hinder him. Yeah, exactly.
0: And he shows a lot of trust in God right there too, because, I mean, I'd want armor. First off, I wouldn't go fight Goliath. (laughs) Yeah, right. First off, I'd go back to my sheep. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go be a shepherd. <laughs> yep. Good luck, big bro. <laughs> yep. But uh then he's like I don't need armor or anything. I'm just gonna trust trust in me and trust that God's got me because he knows that I mean Goliath's blaspheming God. So yeah. he knows that God's gonna got have his back in this situation, so he just goes in bare skinned, you know?
1: Yeah, I think I mean even at one point David's like Do you know who you're insulting? Like the God of the angel armies has got me. Yeah. And he, I mean, basically he just looks at like Goliath, just an idiot.
0: You know, yeah, like exactly. I'm I'm sure, I'm sure David's scared, you know, having to step up to this huge dude, you know, there's definitely I, doubt in the back of his head. There's no way there's not. Yeah. I don't, I don't see how there's, how there's not any fear there. Yeah. But at the same time, I think he also thinks Goliath's a moron because, you know, Israelites have God on their side. Right. As everybody knows, David goes up with a, sling and a
1: stone a sling and a stone to this 10 foot beast who's got his trembling little shield bear there with him. Yeah. And is and the Bible
0: talks about how heavy his helmet is too. So you got to think this helmet isn't just big to cover his head. Like it's probably thick as heck. Oh yeah. And uh, so David goes up with a sling and a stone and spin, you know, and this isn't like a sling nowadays guys. This is like, a rope with a leather patch in the middle
1: that he had to spin around over his head and chuck it at him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. David goes and he, he picks up, you know, five stones and, uh, you know, as as many people know, how the story kind of unfolds. He only needs one. Exactly. And to me too, it just shows again, God, God's presence in
0: this because David chucked it and hit Goliath in the head and dropped him. Well, if that stone was a little bigger, it wouldn't have went as fast. Right. So it might not have had the speed to drop Goliath. Yeah. But also, if it was smaller, it might not have had a big enough impact on Goliath. To drop him, right. You know, it's just it's just like, like think of it as baseball. I mean, you can chuck a baseball and it's going to go a lot farther and faster than you chuck a softball. Yeah. You know, it just flies better. But then if you take like a golf ball and you're throwing that, it's not going to go as far as a baseball either. Right. You know, so he he ended up picking up the perfect stone to take down Goliath.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and I think, too, one just kind of a side note here, you know, David, David does grab five stones. So he's prepared for another shot. He knows God is he, he knows God has got his back and he trusts in the Lord and stuff. But as a man, we also it's our duty to be prepared. You know, God is not an enabler. He is a father. And so, yes, he's going to come through for us. But it's our duty to be prepared, not in case God doesn't, but in case God wants more from us.
0: Yeah, that's so right. And I actually saw this meme a couple of days ago where um, it's this guy leaning on a shovel, asking God to dig him a hole. Yeah, right. You know? Exactly. And, and then you got God on the bottom part like throwing up his arms because he gave the guy yeah. a shovel. Right. Exactly. You know, like I gave you,
1: you need a hole. I gave you the shovel. So right. dig it. Yeah. It's like the, you ever heard that story about the, uh, the guy drowning in the water? He's like, God help me. God help me. And God sends a rowboat. He's like, they're like, here, come on, get in. He's like, no, it's okay. God's going to save me. Well, then he drowns, you know, it's like, God yeah. sent you, a, uh, God sent you a way out, but you're just, too stupid to take it yeah exactly so
0: like like you just said i mean david david was prepared he was you know? and, yeah but god's like okay you did your part here's my part so when david chuck that first one hits goliath right in the head and it's lights out for goliath
1: lights out and you know when it um when when the when the bible talks when the bible when you're reading the story um if you go back and you look you know so David throws the stone and it says, you know, the stone killed Goliath. Um, there's actually, they, they use two different Hebrew words there for kill. And the first kill, when David throws a stone, the first kill, the first Hebrew word that they use there means that, um, that yes, David, in a sense, was killed Goliath, but he didn't kill him instantly. Um, he, the first the first word they they use kind of describes the fact that Goliath would have died from the injuries of the stone it would have just been a little you know prolonged death he didn't die instantly but he was going to die and uh yeah david uh david doesn't like waiting i guess
0: <laughs> yeah no so the way i see it is it's just like when someone gets hit in the head with you know like a, a lead pipe for instance
1: a <laughs> lead pipe there it is
0: <laughs> uh and you know it basically gave him like a brain aneurysm you know Yeah. Where Goliath would get up, you know, he could get up from him and stuff, but eventually he would die from it back then. Right, absolutely. So David throws this stone, lays Goliath out. Yeah, and uh, runs up, picks up Goliath's giant sword, and cuts
1: Goliath's head off, and just finishes the job. Yeah, yeah. Like He's I said, happening. David. David doesn't like to wait. I guess. No. <laughs> No. not when it comes to uh taking heads off
0: yeah no and he was i mean to me that not a lot of people know that too is everyone just assumes goliath was dead right there right you know and when you learn this as a child obviously they're not going to talk to you about how he was decapitated no exactly you know but little david hits him with a rock knocks him out flat runs yeah. up takes a sword and just freaking cuts his head off this giant's head off right there
1: and i bet you everybody there was just as shocked <laughs> you know oh yeah oh yeah
0: and i feel i feel like his brothers in the background too like didn't want anything to do with him at the time because he was embarrassing them We're like, right oh that's my brother look at him oh yeah exactly
1: so now they're pumped just, up like just a 180 degree difference you know Went from rejecting him to claiming his fame. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Like, yeah, that's my brother. Yep. Don't mess with me. You know, he'll decapitate <laughs> you. He'll come cut yeah, off your head too. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then uh so after so there there's the fight with Goliath. You know, that that is how it went down. But one thing that I think is crazy is G- David takes that head. Yeah. He's okay, not done yet. He's not head. done yet. <laughs> no. Not at all. And you got to think, too, this guy's, you know, 10, 11 feet tall. Do you know how big his head probably
1: is? Like, Oh, my goodness.
0: David's probably got to, like, pick it up from the bottom. So you just picture his <laughs> yeah. decapitated head with blood, and he's got to, like, carry it. Yeah, you know, exactly.
1: But uh, they go on a parade with it. He should have had Goliath's shield bearer. Like, hey, guy, put down <laughs> that shield and pick up this head for me.
0: Yeah, carry it around all of Israel while we parade it through. <laughs> yeah. And, and
1: it it's not like
0: you know modern day Israel isn't that big you know it was a little bigger back in the day but uh, it's not like they had cars where they could you know drive it in a couple days you know bringing it around to show everybody yeah, like right they're on horses and carriages and stuff you know and chariots <laughs>
1: like probably took weeks maybe more to bring this around all of Israel right I think of uh, like nowadays when when dudes like take pictures with their deer and stuff after they kill him and stuff. David is just sitting in the field, taking selfies with this decapitated head. Yeah. And then he probably, he probably got
0: it stuffed and mounted on his wall. after. <laughs> I, well, that's only logical. Yeah. I, I keep it. Right. <laughs> but so he carries this thing around with him and they travel all through Israel. It's literally just a giant parade. Like they're celebrating, yeah you know they they beat the philistines in war without anyone having to die right. not a single person died because david stepped up and david is the main dude on this parade he is the main attraction carrying goliath's head and a couple of weeks of a head you know a dead body oh, that man. thing's
1: decaying oh i bet you know
0: this thing is nasty i bet it's you it got nasty. a lot lighter
1: <laughs> oh yeah.
0: yeah, I bet. I picture too, a little, little dark. But it's, I mean maggots coming out of the eyes and stuff. You know? oh, yeah. like, he's carrying yeah. this around, just yes. just nasty. But all of Israel, when they see it, you know, they're just they're oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're screaming, they're celebrating in the streets, right? You know, like we defeated the Philistines' greatest warrior. You know, Israel's biggest enemy. They won the war, we killed their best guy, and they're just all pumped. You know? Killed their best guy with our littlest guy.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: our guy that means nothing to anyone. Yeah, it's right. Your biggest guy. So I got to think, too, King Saul's probably sitting in the background like, yeah, see, our little guy did it. You're lucky one of us didn't go out there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know?
1: Exactly. Like yeah. Using it
0: to talk himself up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, this was a, a huge turning point for David. I mean, he went from, you know, being the the left-out shepherd to uh, kind of being the most renowned warrior in the Israelite population, you know? Yeah, and
0: all, all before he became a man. I mean, he wasn't even a warrior yet, and yet he was the number one guy in all of Israel yeah. after
1: this. I mean,
0: you got to— He him, has a
1: sadistic celly. <laughs> yeah, Right i mean the uh the the confidence he must have got you know or gained after that battle is is nuts, oh yeah, I mean it's just like it's, it's like knocking you know it's
0: like beating Tom Brady in the super Bowl, you know <laughs> yeah, right the guys the guys six for nine, so those three times every one of them was an underdog, you know right. and they were the biggest baddest guys on the street after they beat them in you know in the Super Bowl, and that's what David was, yeah you know, like, he he had the confidence he Knew he could do anything. Now, I mean, he just killed a giant with a stone. So he he knew for sure that he could do anything that anyone threw at him after that. Right. You know, he he defeated one of the greatest warriors of that time as a child. As a, yeah, right as a as a young boy, pretty much. And t- talk about like strength of character through this too. Yeah. Like, um, I mean. Saul comes up and wants him to wear armor and stuff. And he says, no, like yeah. he doesn't give in to the pressure of them because he knows, he knows what is right. And what he has to do. Yeah. And he, he knows
1: who has his back.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. And it, I mean, he knows, he knows that with God at his back, that nothing's going to beat him. And he, you know, knows what he should do. What should, you know, everyone was telling him not, not even to try to fight him, you know? sit back, don't do
1: anything. You're too little. You know, we won't even go fight him. I can imagine, I can imagine just how much, you know, after, after that fight, you know, if, if David had any doubts on whether, you know, God was actually going to have his back or not, we don't know, but I can just imagine, you know, after that battle, that trust and dependence on the Lord was just kind of solidified. You know, it was just, it was just made solid and he knew I can step up to a giant and God's got my back. So therefore, you know, who can stand against me?
0: Yeah. And I mean, you got to think too, after, I mean, Samuel goes and anoints him. Samuel is a prophet of God, but I mean, it still be in the back of my head. Like, okay, was he like, was Samuel serious? Am I really going to be King? Does God really have me, you know, like chosen me to be this great person, this great warrior, like I was said to be right. And then, all of a sudden, boom, this happens.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, even last last episode, we talked about, you know, after David was anointed, he went right back to his, his sheep, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we talked about it then. That's not uh, what we would do at all if we were anointed to be king. Absolutely. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Sorry, brothers. You go take care of the sheep. That's yeah. an order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Bow down. Yeah, exactly. But he goes back to his sheep. and. And the, I think one of the coolest factors, you know, of this whole kind of, um, scene here is that David, what David didn't come looking for a fight. He didn't hear about, you know, oh man, Goliath is out there or, you know, this giant is talking crap. Like he just came to provide food and drink and, uh, you know, to where maybe, maybe some guys would have got a big head or something after he was anointed to be King. And is like, well, Hey, I'm anointed, let's go fight him.
0: Yeah, exactly. He doesn't, doesn't at all. I mean, I honestly, I feel like if there's a way not to, he probably, you know, he's the Absolutely. type of dude where he
1: would have been like, Oh, okay, let's just, you know, let's talk this out. Right. I think that's a huge, you know, it it speaks to uh, kind of the, the conviction that, that David had, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us, you know, we tend to kind of go looking for a fight in a sense when there's one there. But uh, not David. He kind of, you know, God provides the battles and God provides the victor, the victories, and David is just kind of along for the ride up until he slings that stone. You know. Yeah, exactly. And
0: I, I mean, I'll be real with you. I'm the type to go. You know, <laughs> if there's whether it's a fight verbally or physically. You know, yeah. I'm usually the first to jump at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll
1: be real with you guys, but. It's funny because I I'm on kind of the opposite end of the spectrum of you. Like, uh, when there's a a fight, uh, I'm the first to send Jordan in. (laughs) Exactly. Mongoose. Mongoose.
0: (laughs) But, uh, you know, you got David sit back. He would have talked it out. I feel, you know, if he, I mean, he was pissed off at him because he was talking crap on God, but if he would have stopped, I bet you, you know, David would have been like, okay. Yeah. Right. You know, that's fine, but he didn't. So he, you know, it just shows how we should be today. You know, we shouldn't be the first to jump down someone's throat for something. You know, if like, if there's a way to resolve the situation, you know, like, yeah, I definitely believe in being physical to protect yourself and your family and your beliefs. Absolutely. When needed hundred percent, you know, but also you you don't just go out and punch someone in the face, you know, you don't just jump to it right away. No, you know, you don't, you don't go to that level unless you need to. Right. Yeah. That's what David did. He uh only did it because it was his last choice. I mean, they were blaspheming God, blaspheming Israel. So he's like, okay, well, you know, I have no choice but to go out and shut you up then. And he went out and did it <laughs> and he went out and
1: did it and then took off his head. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> made a parade out of it. Yeah. <laughs> You know and I, I think another kind of trait that we can we can learn from David here uh, is just the boldness that he had um, you know I know a lot of times even even in today's society as as a believer, you know I just being real with everybody you know it would I wouldn't even dream of let alone stepping out and offering to pray for someone I don't know, you know what i mean or or get in a kind of a a discussion with someone who has different beliefs than me. But David, I mean, he stepped out in boldness and said, no, God's got my back and I know he's the real God. So let's just do this. Yeah, that, that's exactly right.
0: And I actually had a situation, um, a couple days ago, um, me and my wife were at Walmart and this guy, he's homeless, you know, asked us for a ride somewhere. So, I mean, Obviously, I was a little sketched out, but you know, yeah, exactly. Whatever, you know, and I know, I know it's not the smartest thing to do to pitch up a hitchh- hitchhiker like that, but in, in my defense, I do carry a gun on me all the time. So, and I'm a bigger <laughs> dude, so I wasn't super worried, but, um, like the first thing that came into my head is like, man, I wonder what his story is. You know, I wonder what yeah. his story is. I wonder if he knows God, you know, if he has something to lean on in this hard time, Right. you know, and I should have probably asked him, you know, like I got that feeling right away. I should have asked him. I should have probably, I should have prayed for him. You know, yeah, that's, right. that's what should have been done. But I was too, I was not bold at all. I was too scared right. to even ask a, him
1: questions, like, yeah. well, talk about religion and God, you know, yeah, right. Exactly. We're just so afraid that like, you know, people are either going to get offended or think weird of us or um kind of look down on us or anything like that to even step out in our faith. Yeah, and it's like and this guy, I mean you could tell just
0: by how he was talking, like he he hated having to ask for this ride. Sure. You know, like he he's a man and he had he said he had a daughter and a wife and they were living, you know, he finally got a temp job, so he's working, you know, at a it gets paid by day, you know, daily and finally got them off the street and into a hotel. Not so that. that's where we brought him to, you know, this, uh, little rundown motel. But I mean, he, like, I was worried about him looking down on me when he was like looking so much up to us at the time. You know what I mean? Sure. Right. You know, like we, he's homeless and he needs help and we gave him help, but I was still like, Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, 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 I still can't talk to him about God. I'm still too nervous to. Right. Exactly. But uh, then you have David who just goes out and, I mean, literally kills a giant when a lot <laughs> yeah. of us today can't even pray for a guy that they, you know, who's homeless and they pick up on the side of the road. Right. Unfortunately, they're what they're going to think.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, we, uh, most of us are probably can relate more to the, the rest of the Israel army who sat there and, and kind of just let, let the world walk all over them. Instead of instead of stepping out in a, in boldness,
0: yeah, because I I mean I bet you like David was anointed. David was going to be king, but I bet you if anyone else in that army trusted in God and stepped out and did it because it's the right thing to do, God would have had their
1: back too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And here's the reality, guys. Um, you know we might we might say, yeah, David David was anointed. He was he was anointed by God by a prophet. You know to be king he. You know, Samuel told him his kind of destiny, and and all of that. So, you know, David is probably the logical choice to step out on that battlefield. But what we need to realize, and and the truth of it is that when when Jesus took our place on the cross, we gained anointing, we gained favor, we gained love, we gained um, everything that David had when he stepped out on that field. We now have open access to. Um, Because of Jesus and what He did, I mean, we are sons and daughters of God, just like David and just like Jesus. So good, yeah. And it's um,
0: because back in the Bible, like it talks about when Saul has his fall from grace, he lost feeling the presence of God. Yeah, you know, when when he was anointed to be king, he felt the presence of God all the way up until he had his fall, and then he lost the feeling the presence of God. Right, and so David. After he was anointed, felt the presence of God the whole time. Yeah, but after Jesus died, it was a, it's available to all of us. Yeah, every available. one of us has Jesus in our hearts right now, and we can feel the presence of God. Which means yeah. any one of us can step out and do the things that David did, even though we might not be anointed to do these things. We have, right. you know, we have Christ in
1: our hearts, which means we can go out and do these things. Right? Yeah. Nobody needs to come and, and anoint us with oil or or tell us that we're destined to be king, or nobody needs to tell you that you are uh, accepted or anointed. Jesus did that on the cross. And actually in um, uh, Matthew,
0: it's Matthew something, but it's when Jesus commands his disciples to go out and heal people, pray for people, you know, um, yeah. cast out demons and stuff. So it's not just the fact that we have the ability to, honestly, we are commanded by Christ as his disciples to go out and do these things. You know, I failed my commandment from God the day that I, when I did not pray for that guy in my backseat. Right. You know, that, that was a failure on me because I have the ability and I'm supposed to do it even though I'm not anointed King, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not the pastor of a church. Right. You know, I'm just, I'm just some guy who loves God. Yeah. Right. So, and in, David stepped up, you know, and slayed a giant and I couldn't
1: step up and pray for someone who really <laughs> needed it with their situation. You know. Yeah. So we just hope that this like this all encourages everybody that's listening, you know, that um just the realization that, you know, yes, David had had Samuel lay his hands on him, but you know, it was it was the same anointing and confidence and trust we have. So we just encourage everybody, you know, step out, you know, God, God is not going to let you down, step out in confidence and boldness. And, uh, you know, really just, um, yeah. Trust in the fact that God's got something special in you guys, each and every one of us. Yeah, exactly. Every one of us
0: has a calling from God, whether it's to be a pastor or just to, you know, help, help someone who's, homeless, you know, like just little stuff like that, like praying for someone in the store, like anytime God puts something on your heart, that is the reason, you know, that yeah. is the thing he's given you. David was anointed to be king, but we are anointed to be, you know, God's children and do the small things in life too,
1: which yeah. just as important as the big ones. So, and if God hasn't placed you in a, you know, like Jordan said, you know, every, everybody has a calling, you know, and I can already hear, you know, people kind of questioning, you know well, what's my calling? I don't know what my calling is. Well, if God hasn't placed you in a specific spot, um, you still have a calling, and that calling is to love each other as I have loved you. Just like Jesus said, there's there's two commandments that fill the entire law of the Israelites. love your God, love your Lord, and love each other. That is the foundation of every calling, whether you find yourself being drawn and called into being a pastor or a youth pastor, or or a missionary, or anything. The foundation of our calling is love God, love people.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's crazy, actually. That is my devotional this week for (laughs) the
1: classes I'm doing at Lee University right now. There it is. That's crazy. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes. Well, hey, guys. We just thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go ahead, like, share, spread the word, um, or email us with questions or concerns or topic suggestions. Uh, Yeah, we just, we thank you guys so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, our email is uh, manupministrypodcast at gmail.com. So you can email us on there. Um, We have a Facebook page. So go on there, like, share it. Um, You can send us messages through that. Also, you know, subscribe to us. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Subscribe, download, listen, guys. We have a website where you can message us on there too. So there's there's a lot of ways to get a hold of us. And um, we are actually going to be adding a phone number to that soon too. So you can call us, you know, you can message us. There's a lot of ways to get a hold of us. So if you have any questions at all, if you have any, you know, requests on us to cover a topic, just let us know.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Questions, topics, prayers. Um, we'd be happy to pray for you or whatever you're going through. Um, and we appreciate and love all the prayers coming this way, too. Yeah, exactly. And we'll pray. You know,
0: if you send us a prayer request, we'll pray for you on here so that everyone is kind of praying together. But if you specify you don't want us to, we will just put you in our personal prayers, too. Absolutely. So don't don't think that just because you message us, we're going to be like publicly doing that for you yeah you know, so just message us and we'll message you back and make sure it's okay if we do because we would want to do it because then we're all praying together to cover you but you know if not we definitely just put you in our personal prayers yeah sure. we will see you next month uh first tuesday of every month so check us out there again we're facebook page website spotify um po- apple podcast um remember don't be a beta be an alpha My throat is still messed up from last night, so I might squeak
1: here and there, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, I'm (laughs) keeping it in there.